and welcome to Breaking the Curtain with me, Chrissy, and me, Joss. Don't forget to silence all phones. Or don't, it's a podcast. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Oh my god, you guys. We are giving you what you want with a new show history episode all about one of our favorite stage adaptations that'll leave you saying... Courtney, take your break for the rest of the week. So let's get serious and dive into the history behind Legally Blonde the Musical. Valley Girl Elle Woods is a fashion merchandising student and president of the UCLA chapter of Delta Nu Sorority who finds her world shattered when her boyfriend, Warner Huntington III, dumps her for serious law student Vivian Kensington. In an effort to prove to Warner that she is more than just some blonde sorority sister, she follows him to Harvard Law. As she pursues her quest clad in her traditional pink ensembles with her chihuahua bruiser by her side, Elle discovers that her knowledge of the law can help others, and she successfully defends exercise queen and Delta new sister, Brooke Wyndham, in a murder trial, thanks to knowing the principles of hair care. Throughout the show, very few characters have faith in Elle, but she manages to surprise them and gain the love of fellow law student Emmett Forrest when she defies expectations while staying true to herself. Pop quiz. Did you know Legally Blonde is actually based on a novel of the same name? Yay! Yay! Legally Blonde by Amanda Brown is a compilation of funny letters and stories from Brown's time at Stanford Law School. In 2000, Brown met producer Mark Platt. Yes, that Mark Platt. Ben Platt's father, the producer of Wicket, who helped her develop her manuscript into a novel. Platt brought in screenwriters to adapt the book into a motion picture starring Reese Witherspoon, Luke Wilson, Selma Blair, Matthew Davis, Victor Garber, and Jennifer Coolidge. Producer Hal Luftig had the inspiration for Legally Blonde the Musical while watching the film. He called up fellow producers Dory Bernstein, Kristen Kasky, and Mike Isaacson with the idea to bring Elle's incredible story arc to the stage. All knew there was only one person for the task of directing and choreographing the show, Jerry Mitchell, who had worked on Broadway productions such as The Rocky Horror Show, Hairspray, Grease, Gypsy, Jacqueline Hyde, and many more. Luftig approached Mitchell with an invitation to a meeting with the producers. A DVD copy of the film was tossed onto the table with the proposition of wanting to turn Legally Blonde into a musical, to which Mitchell immediately responded with, Absolutely, me too. I know how to do that. I am Elle Woods. I know how to tell this story. And the rest, as they say, is history. Theater history. The team put out a message seeking demos from writing teams. After receiving multiple CDs, a CD was created of all the songs without any names on the disc to indicate which song belonged to which composer and lyricist. They sat and listened to the songs and immediately upon hearing the song, Oh My God, You Guys, they knew that was the tone of their musical and called in husband and wife writing team, composer Lawrence O'Keefe and lyricist Nell Benjamin. The producers struggled with finding the perfect book writer for their project. After much research into the obvious list of Broadway book writers, Kristen Kasky saw the film Freaky Friday and felt that was the voice they were searching for. Members of the team contacted Heather Hash's team and were thrilled when she agreed to sign on to the project. The team worked tirelessly on writing the show, scrapping enough songs to complete more than two musicals. During this time, Broadway actress Laura Bell Bundy, who originated the role of Amber in Hairspray, was the standby for Kristen Chenoweth in Wicked, 
when she heard the announcement of Legally Blonde being worked into a musical. Laura Bell sent a thank you email to friend Jerry Mitchell, who had gone to see her during a week of performances as Glinda, and also congratulated him on his upcoming directorial debut, while also playfully hinting on knowing someone who'd be a great Elle Woods. To which he replied, Honey, why do you think I came to see you in Wicked? I wanted to see if you could carry a show. Months went by since their email exchange. One day, Laura Bell received a call from her L.A. agent about the first official reading for Legally Blonde the Musical with an offer-only notice. She then received the material, which included three songs from the show and 12 pages of dialogue to learn. The audition room was full of girls who had either played Amber Von Tussle or Glinda. Laura Bell, of course, secured the role and soon the rest of the show was cast for the first workshop production. Joining her were Christian Borle as Emmett, Orfe as Paulette, Richard H. Blake as Warner, Kate Schindel as Vivian, Nikki Snelson as Brooke, and Michael Rupert as Professor Callahan. On March 13, 2006, a press photo shoot was scheduled in a hotel room with Laura Bell and Chico, who would eventually play one of the bruisers in the show. He became the face of the show, appearing on billboards, print ads, and the musical's official logo. Snaps for Chico! Yay, snaps for Chico! <laughs> The pre-Broadway tryout of the musical began previews on January 23, 2007 at San Francisco's Golden Gate Theater. During the first preview, Chico, aka Bruiser, was meant to come out on stage at the end of So Much Better and jump into Laura Bell's arms and the song would end with just the music playing underneath as she held him. But he got stage fright from the audience being there for the first time. As she was singing the climatic end of the song, Laura Bell could see their stage manager and dog trainer Bill Berloni waving at her trying to give her the heads up that the dog was simply not going to make it onto the stage. Not knowing what else to do, she just held the note out and jumped in the air at the end, letting the full feeling of the song take over. And thus, the iconic note of that Act 1 finale was created. Snaps again for Chico! <laughs> <laughs> and stage fright. A snaps for Laura Bell for handling it like a pro. Snaps all around. The San Francisco production ended on February 25th, 2007, before the cast packed up its hairdryers and moved to New York City, where it began previews at the Palace Theater on April 3rd, 2007, before opening on April 29th, 2007. Although the show received mixed reviews, it was still nominated for seven Tony Awards, including Best Original Score and Best Leading Actress in a Musical. The original Broadway cast recording was recorded on May 7th and 8th, 2007, and released on July 17th, 2007 by Ghostlight Records. During the week of July 23rd, 2007, the cast recording made its debut on Billboard's cast album chart placing at number one, and it charted at 86 on the Billboard 200. The entirety of Legally Blonde was filmed over a three-day period to present on MTV in October 2007, making Legally Blonde the first fully staged Broadway production to appear on TV while still playing in New York City. The program hosted by Lauren Conrad and the Girls from the Hills featured the broadcast of the entire musical as well as a behind-the-scenes look at the musical. It also featured a pink carpet extravaganza filmed at the Palace Theater, which aired prior to the telecast of the musical. During this time, the producers had already started looking for who would be their next Elle Woods. Their goal had been getting a name to play the part. Celebrities would sit and watch the show and they'd be like, oh my god, this is too much for me to handle because the role is so demanding. In January 2008, Laura Bell Bundy decided it was going to be her last six months in the show. A producer posed the idea of a reality show, similar to NBC's Grease, You're the One That I Want. 
It would be a good way to bring in publicity for the show and continue their involvement with MTV. Later that month, a nationwide search for the next Elwoods was announced with the following. Casting directors are seeking young women age 18 and over who can convincingly play ages 18 to 30. Those auditioning must have strong acting abilities, dancing abilities, and vocal abilities, with experience in musical theater being a plus. MTV assures brunettes, redheads, and other non-blondes that they also have a shot at portraying the platinum leading role and should not be discouraged from auditioning. Performers were asked to prepare the standard 16-bar cut of one contemporary pop song and one ballad. Casting was a two-fold process as the team was looking for both stage stars and reality TV personas. Candidates went through interviews, personality tests, and psychological evaluations. The day before the first big audition, the L hopefuls were sent to a midtown hotel where they had to give in their phones, there were no newspapers in the rooms, and they taped the door shut. The next morning, the girls were brought to 37 Arts Theatre beginning production on the audition process. The series began with 50 girls dancing for Jerry Mitchell, working to cut the group down to 15 and then 10. The 10 lucky girls on the reality show were Bailey Hanks, Autumn Hurlbert, Rhiannon Hansen, Lauren Zachrin, Natalie Lander, Emma Zachs, Cassie Silva, Lena Hall, Lindsay Ridgway, and Cassie O'Kenna. After weeks of filming Legally Blonde the Musical, The Search for Elle Woods premiered on June 2, 2008 on MTV with host Haley Duff. The show ran for eight episodes. During the course of the auditions, the three judges determined which girls to eliminate and which ones to continue on in the competition. After the judges figure out who will go and who will stay, they write the names down in order by best audition on the list, similar to the one referred to during the song So Much Better. Haley Duff was then given the list and announces the list in order. The remaining girls who are not on the list would head to the building's casting office where the three judges determined the eliminated contestant. On July 20, 2008, Laura Bell hung up her blonde wig for the last time, with the reality show results being aired the following night on MTV. The competition was won by 20-year-old Bailey Hanks from Anderson, South Carolina. Bailey's debut as Elle Woods was on July 23rd. With the national tour beginning on September 21st, 2008, the Delta New Elle Woods understudy track, played by Becky Goldsvig, who would be opening the tour as Elle Woods, was now open, so the runner-up, Autumn Hurlbert, also debuted on Broadway in that track. The show saw an immediate box office bump between Laura Bell Bundy's final performance and the cast change, with grosses hovering around $850,000. Eventually, the figures dipped and the show began to gross less than the 50% of its weekly potential. Two months after Bailey Hanks' first performance, producers announced the show would close on October 19, 2008, after 595 performances. Legally Blonde headed over to London's West End, starting previews in December 2009, before opening on January 13, 2010 at the Savoy Theatre with Sheridan Smith in the role of Elle Woods. A few lyric changes were made, specifically to the song Ireland. Legally Blonde was the first West End show to offer a ticket lottery. The show had taken $2 million in advanced sales before opening officially. The West End show won three Laurence Olivier Awards on March 13, 2011 for Best Musical, Best Actress in a Musical, and Best Performance in a Supporting Role in a Musical. Legally Blonde became one of the most popular shows on the West End but eventually closed on April 7, 2012, after 974 performances. 
A UK national tour ran from July 8, 2011 to October 6, 2012. An Australian production began previews in September 2012 at the Lyric Theatre Sydney before opening on October 4, 2012. Lucy Durack played Elle Woods with Rob Mills as Warner, David Harris as Emmett, and Helen Dallimore as Paulette. Legally Blonde has had international productions in South Korea, China, Malaysia, Japan, the Netherlands, the Philippines, Sweden, Finland, Austria, Dominican Republic, Panama, New Zealand, and Germany. In April and May 2016, a production was presented at the Curve Theatre in Leicester. The cast included Lucy Jones as Elle Woods, John Robbins as Emmett, and Danny Mack as Warner. Throughout 2017 and 2018, the second national UK tour of Legally Blonde performed with a new cast. The cast included Lucy Jones as Elle Woods, David Barrett as Emmett, and Liam Doyle as Warner. As of 2022, a London revival will open at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre from May 13th to July 2nd, 2022. Oh my god, you guys, we have some fun facts for you! (laughs) During a performance of Legally Blonde the Musical, the golf cart in the Legally Blonde remix scene nearly drove into the orchestra pit, causing the first five rows of the theatre to leap up and help push the cart back onto the stage! Snaps were the first five rows of the audience. Snaps were the first five rows. (laughs) Christian Borle did a commercial for eBay, which made his line about Elle selling her girly products on eBay way more hilarious. The Legally Blonde demo was recorded with Carrie Butler as Elle Woods. During the week that ended on June 24, 2007, the Broadway production of Legally Blonde joined the Millionaires Club, having grossed more than $1 million in ticket sales. The dogs playing Bruiser were named Chico, Boo, and Teddy, and they'd have sleepovers with the actresses who played Elle Woods for bonding. Aww. Aww. If you didn't already know, Orfe and Andy Carl, who played the original Paulette and Kyle, are married in real life. <laughs> Snaps for them. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Elle's quick change in Oh My God, You Guys is done with magnets. You know what? We also have some listener questions to answer. And there's so much to discuss, but first I want to know, Jocelyn, have you ever seen a production of Legally Blonde the Musical? No, I've never seen it live. But when I tell you between like 2012 on, Mm. I watched that MTV production religiously over and over on YouTube. Remember when it was uploaded into like 12 parts? I think there's, it's still up there like that too. It's still up, it's still up there today. So if you haven't seen Legally Blonde... What's your excuse? Go watch it. <laughs> I mean, now it looks like super grainy, horrible quality, no. right? But back in the day, that was the closest thing to a killer bootleg you but had. But somebody actually redid it um, in 2020, which I just saw, and it, they oh, totally fuck. redid it. So it's like higher quality and the sound is better. So yeah, go check right. that out. And it's not Honestly, illegal. They should put it on like a streaming site honestly like yeah, they should sell it to I a don't, streaming site because it's i don't professionally know if they can done. i don't know maybe not how it works MTV. with mtv but honestly know. since we're speaking of that i'll let you get into your experience with the show in a hot minute but mm-hmm. honest to god why don't more musicals do this like i don't know they just said they saw a huge change in their numbers through their partnership with mtv yes yeah. part of that was the reality show which we'll get into in a bit but like why wouldn't you do that? It works. And having it even on TV as a one-time thing takes out the, you know, feeling of, oh, like if somebody wanted to watch it, they could just pull it up at home. 
Like, yeah, but then we do know people would record it and post it as a bootleg. So it's kind of like, yeah, and they watch could. the bootleg. Of course, the they bootleg. could market it as a one night only thing. But you totally know someone's going to film it from their screen, screen recorder, whatever, and post it. So it, it will live on YouTube or somewhere forever. Um, but and no, I don't understand that. why more shows aren't filmed and put on tv i think it's brilliant especially with something like we'll get back to legally blonde in a hot minute i don't mean to tangent but especially with things like legally blonde or i think bonnie and clyde was the other one i've been thinking about lately shows that are so rooted in like bootleg culture right it's like lean into that do a pro shot and sell it for 20 bucks a pop like the mm. amount of money you could make back off of that like but i think that's the point we do have we do have um shows that were filmed for um to be monetized to be sold so like you have she loves me and newsies and all that but legally blonde the musical was um put on tv so it was way mm-hmm. more accessible if you had a television if you had the channel for mtv or like me where i had cable and I just changed my channel for that weekend to watch it so it was so much more accessible because not everyone would have the twin I probably wouldn't shell out twenty dollars to watch something for one night only and it was you know, free right it was it's free, free if on you TV had it yeah if you had cable right not everybody has cable I never I've no. never had cable in my life <laughs> <laughs> I know but when you look at something even like Netflix or a streaming service, yes. like when the Newsies Pro Shot first came out, you had to pay to watch it, which I did. Mm. I bought it on iTunes. But now it's on Disney Plus. Exactly. So I can go watch it for free. And I think it's such a wonderful way to make it accessible. And how huge is Legally Blonde? Like, everybody loves Legally Blonde. It yeah. just went viral on TikTok for the Muni dance call. <laughs> like, everybody loves Legally Blonde. And yeah. so airing the show on television and even having the full show on YouTube easily accessible. Yeah. Like it hasn't damaged the show at all. Not so anyway, at all. Not I at had all. to make this point because it ties in so well mm-hmm. to what we're going to talk about. And now we do have Hamilton out as well, which it's is so like good. a massive show, but a, a massive show that's very expensive to go yeah. see. I mean, What was it during, I don't know if they actually went through with it, but I know at one point they were doing a one night only performance of Hamilton where each ticket was $1,000 or something beyond crazy. And that was very upsetting when theater was not back, but they were going to do something. I think it was President's Day or something like that. Yeah, you know, I remember looking at tickets when we were in New York because I was like, it'd be super cool to see Hamilton in New York. sure. A couple hundred U.S. dollars for like a seat in the back of the house. Mm -hmm. And even um, with the Mervish one, I got my mom and I tickets and we had literally in the last row of the very back of the balcony and it was still over $200 for the two of us to go. Um, So Hamilton has no problem making money. No. But Disney Plus is obviously so much it's such a better option for people who can't drop $200 on a ticket to go see it. Yeah, I know we both signed up for Disney Plus to watch that. So <laughs> Yeah. And it worked out really well for Disney Plus too because when what, still when did paying. Hamilton get replaced? I yeah, I'm still paying <laughs> the money paying monthly. monthly. So <laughs> one year later I'm paying the money monthly. 
Um, now my life gets better because I'm watching Pam and Tommy. Oh, wow. Oh. I like I, She's that. a lyricist. Wow. Hire <laughs> you for Legally Blonde, too. Red, white, and blue. <laughs> Red, white, and blonde, actually. Yeah. Anyway, Chrissy, tell me about your Legally Blonde experience because I know it's a wild one. Okay, well, I saw the non-equity tour in Canada back in 2011, and I barely remember it because I sat with my jaw wide open for the entire show in complete awe. I didn't even have to see the show to know it was my favorite show from the moment the announcement (laughs) was made that Legally Blonde was going to be a stage production. Um, I actually, at the time, I set up a cute little stage door meet and greet with the cast so I have a super cute photo of myself with Elle and all of the Delta news. Aww. I was living my best life. Um, but, you know, there are moments in your life that you can visualize as a standout memory in the grand scheme of things. And I can remember my mom buying me the DVD copy of Legally Blonde and it came in um, like a little pink case and I watched it three times in like one night and my life was totally changed. It was the first time I realized just how strong and powerful women are and that we can achieve absolutely anything we set out to do. Damn fucking straight. Damn straight. Um, Anyways, back to the musical. I swear to God, friends, I owned every piece of merch from the Broadway (laughs) production and I still... I still own every piece of the merch that I bought back in the day. Like, they sold the cutest track pants with Oh My God on the butt, and I wore them everywhere. I actually, I remember wearing them to almost every Legally Blonde rehearsal um, because I am that person who wears show merch to their, like, professional uh, stage rehearsals and shows or even to auditions because I'm tacky like that. Love myself for it, though. Um, snaps for Chrissy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. um, but it's almost 10 years since I played L, and honestly, I would very much like to do it again. So, Bernie Telsey, if you're listening, it's time for Legally Blonde Revival, and I think I am your L. Thank you. Right? I'm surprised that, especially I, I don't in the know. show's history, which we just went through, the fact that it's been such a huge success in the UK and that it's had multiple productions there Mm. but then in um the US it was kind of like Broadway national tour and then like nothing else you just mentioned playing Elle and honestly my dream is to do Legally Blonde I tried to get my high school to do it Mm. it didn't go over well but I was like you're always like we don't have enough boys to do a show I was like so let's do Legally Blonde because it's a predominantly female cast um <laughs> but I would love to be a Delta new girl I think I'd have so much fun like as a Margot or a Serena and just I love the idea of being in a show that not just is made up of a lot of women but it's a show about um girl power and about how strong we are but how we're stronger when we support each other yes and that's yay I love it. It just makes me warm and fuzzy. Yeah, it's just a really good show. So good. So this is a listener question. Ooh. What did we think of the reality show? I'll let you go first. I was never super into it, but 
I don't know if I've ever said this on here, but I'm not a fan of reality TV. It mm. makes me cringe. It's so uncomfortable. And I genuinely think it brings out the worst in people. For sure. It's yeah. like, it's a scourge to humanity. That's what it is. Mm. Um, so keep in mind, that's just kind of my mindset. And also, I watched it like in 2012. So I wasn't in the moment the way the rest of y'all were. Mm. So I already knew what was happening. And like, you know, it just, it didn't like, I wasn't super obsessed with it. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I now have a stationary bike and I sing out loud while I'm <laughs> on the stationary bike. So part of it must have stuck with me. <laughs> well, I was fully obsessed, as you know. Um <laughs> Like, they used to have chat forms for fans to join and talk with the girls on the show. And I remember um, I, I chatted with, like, it wasn't, no. It was definitely Bailey at one point because I was like, yes, Bailey girl, get it. I also really loved Lindsay. I thought she should have stayed in there longer and Emma, too. All great, all great women. Um but yeah, I remember driving to Florida when it was Laura Bell's final performance as Elle, and the final episode aired the night afterwards. So I was in my hotel room, just buzzing off the walls, waiting to find out who would be the next <laughs> Elle Woods. And this was also a time before iPhones, right? Or like maybe the first iPhone, ju- no, I don't even It's 2007. Think- no. I don't think the first iPhone, <laughs> uh, 2008, right? Yeah. I don't think the new iPhone, I- the first iPhone was out yet, but... Um, I think iPhones were like a 2010. Around that, 2010s, maybe 20, maybe somewhere. 2009. Anyways, so yeah. I had to go on the computer in the computer room at the hotel and just like <laughs> check on what was happening on the forms because I just like, I had to know. And I think someone did tip off who the winner was because, uh, well, Bailey... It, it was filmed like months before she took over the role. So Bailey had to wear like a wig and glasses and go in and out of like the studio and the stage door and stuff. Someone <laughs> totally caught on that it was her. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Anyways, what did you think of Bailey winning the role of Elle Woods? I know a lot of people have mixed opinions on this. Again, wasn't super invested. I, I did send knew you the last episode to watch. I did. Okay, so between the it. two, <sighs> what'd you think? I always liked Lauren Zarkin. I know she, Zacharin, Lauren Zacharin, and I know she wasn't in the top two, but I always liked her. Um, but no, I, I honestly don't have an opinion either way. I think like when you put women like that in mm. a situation. First off, this industry is far too based in competition, and that's tacky and needs to change. And also to pit women against each other for a lead role of a woman whose whole thing is about supporting other women. Um, questionable. Mm -hmm. And this is me as an adult looking at it. Like, at the time, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool, whatever, musical theater on MTV. But, like, now I'm like, mm, that ain't it. Mm. That ain't it do better. I mean, I'm not in their shoes and I'm sure the whole experience was traumatic, but God, so many of them were so mean and bitter about not winning and about each other in general. And I only really noticed that rewatching it again um, this past 
few night these past few nights because uh, I prepared for this. Anyways, obviously a lot of the show is scripted, but I for sure would not have cast a lot of those girls just based on their attitudes. They're just they're so not Elle Woods, and I think that's the biggest reason Bailey booked the role because she wasn't acting like Elle. She was Elle, and Elle Woods is something you either have in your heart and soul or you don't. And I think that's not something that can be said about, like, too many roles on Broadway. You can very much act like Glinda and not be super girly-girly, pink-pink in real life, but Elle Woods truly believes in herself and is a beacon of positivity towards everyone, and you either have that or you don't. And to fake it acting-wise is something that you can see right through. And I will end with this. There is a huge difference between wanting to be on Broadway and wanting to play Elwoods on Broadway. And I think that also says a lot about the longevity of many of the girls who are now massive Broadway stars and then the, the ones who were in performances and productions of Legally Blonde their careers kind of didn't continue on after that. And that's fine because they got to do what they wanted. And that was to play Elle. And I mean, look at Lena Hall. She won a freaking Tony Award. Snaps for Lena Snaps Hall. Snaps for Lena Hall. I remember. Um, <laughs> can I? No, I'm not going to say it. No, I will. Say it. You were with you me. now. But when I met her, I was like, I seriously loved you so much on the search for the next Elle Woods and I loved that you were just so yourself and you didn't have to try and you didn't try to like make yourself be um anyone but who you are and that stayed with me all these years later as a performer I think of Lena Hall on that show and I think like the whole point of Elle Woods is staying true to yourself, and she stayed true to herself. And I love that. I love you, Lena Hall. <laughs> and she applies it to literally, she's applied Everything. that to her entire career. Like, yes. When, I feel like that's almost her brand now, in the, yeah. without even meaning to be, in a totally authentic way. Lena Hall is 100% the performer. She's going to show up. You're getting Lena Hall. Yes. It doesn't matter. She's going to be 100% who she is. And but then she can totally morph into whatever yeah, she, role. She's in. Oh, and I she just morphs love her. so well. And I think yeah. she morphs so well because she brings who she is yes. to literally everything she does. We love Lena Hall. All right. I'm looking at our awesome listener questions. And let's just take a moment. Snaps for our listeners. Snaps for our listeners. Thank you for sending in questions. It makes our day because they're also like unique and fun. And I, I, yeah, I enjoy thinking of what my answer is going to be. <laughs> otherwise, it would just be Chrissy and I sitting here picking our noses like, oh, guess the episode's Ew, over. <laughs> speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> okay, maybe Chrissy, do Chrissy doesn't pick her nose. She's above that. Not on screen. <laughs> nah, I'm doing it Ew. right now. <laughs> That's why we have a podcast. You can't see our faces. You can't see. You have no idea what I'm doing right now. Oh, I'll leave gosh. you with that. Use your imagination. Ew. Ew, that was gross. That I'm was so fucked. Sorry. That was I fucked. meant like I could be like wearing a clown costume or something like stupid. No, I know it was innocent, but... <laughs> Not in an icky way. Ew. Oh, God. Okay. Continue. Moving right along. 
Chrissy, what characters in Legally Blonde the Musical do you think suits your personality? I mean, Elle Woods is in my DNA. I have a chihuahua named Eleanor, but I call her Elle for short. Um, I just am Elle Woods. I still have little kids come up. Little kids, they're like 18 now. Jesus. Anyways, when they were kids and they saw me as Elle, they'll still call me Elle. Or for like the longest time, they memorized the choreography I did in What You Want and they would do it um, when they'd see me. Anyways, I just, I think I am Elle Woods and I think everyone who knows me thinks I'm Elle Woods too. (laughs) (laughs) The similarities are definitely there and I'm not just talking about the bleach. Soft. (laughs) But um, um, well, I'm a brunette. So there really isn't anyone right. for me to relate to in Legally Blonde the Musical. Um, I'm kidding. Um, I freaking love Elle Woods. I almost actually went to law school because of Legally Blonde. I had a scholarship and everything. And then I said, no, I want to pursue musical theater. And I look back on that decision that I made and I say, Jocelyn, you dummy. You should have gone to law school. But here I am on a musical theater podcast. But now you can play a law student. Yeah, I, I didn't go yeah. to law school, but I could play a law student. You on can TV. play one. <laughs> yeah. But no, I just um We that's what I'm saying. Like we have the best options. I mean, you want to be a doctor? You can play one. You can audition for Grey's Anatomy and play one. <laughs> you wanna switch your mind and be like a dentist? Little be shop a of dentist. horrors. Exactly. We have the best of all worlds. Wait, so what's your answer? Oh, I think I think ever I think I have a little bit of L in me. It's very deep and hidden. Hmm. But I I've got some L in me. I think we all do. I don't I know. Think I think works. you're very you have a Margot in you for sh- like a thousand percent. And I also <gasps> think fear black some Emmett. Dream. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I didn't would realize say it Emmett could be more anyone. than L. I'm an Emmett, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm 100% an Emmett. Sorry, I was You're thinking about Emmett. all the fabulous women in the show. I forgot totally. about the love of my life, Emmett Forrest. Anyway, I love <laughs> Emmett, and I love Christian Braun. And I'm so glad you brought that up, because I am an Emmett. Thank you. You're welcome. So another question we got asked is, which do you prefer, the original Broadway cast recording or the West End cast recording. And Chrissy's going to go off. Here we go. Buckle in. I'm your getting golf popcorn. Cart. Hold on. Okay. So I'll start by saying that, yeah, I cannot stand the West End cast recording. And I feel bad <laughs> saying that because I do love, I mean, you listen to our podcast. Most of the stuff on here is West End. Um, and I know a lot of people feel the opposite and prefer the West End version because. It's drier with the girliness and the humor. And for me, that's just not legally blonde. And I think it's just like Sheridan's portrayal of Elle is just so different from Laura Bell and Reese. And that's fine. But her natural speaking and singing tone reads so much more mature to me that she doesn't feel like the um, Elle's like, what, 1920, 21? Maybe 21. She must be 21 because if yeah. an average BFA is four years and she went at right. 18, 18, 19, 20, 21. She's 21 because she finished her BFA. Yeah. So yeah, like it just, I don't know. She didn't read young Malibu like 
silly cute girl, she felt so much more mature. And I would say that I think she could have been a freaking kick-ass Paulette or Brooke Wyndham. But I just don't like the more mature sound with L. Yeah. L yeah. L is youthful. Yeah. I've never listened to the West End cast recording. Mm. Um, but yeah, I totally agree that L is youthful and she's I don't know how to say this. I feel like this might sound like a critique, but it's not. But Laura Bell Bundy has this beautiful like squeak to her speaking voice yes. and to her singing voice. I don't know what else to call it except a squeak, so don't take offense to it. But like that little thing she has in her voice just mm. naturally. <laughs> I Bailey don't had that too. It's so L to me. Yeah. And so Laura, and even like, what were we watching the other day? And How I Met Your Mother, when she's like, that's about Yes, I know. I mm-hmm. think Reese kind of had some of that squeakiness when she did L. Totally. So it's kind of like, I just associate it. Yeah. And o- honestly, like, it's similar to the Heathers cast recording where, you know, the words are like super Americanized. And when it's like the West End recording, they over enunciate a lot of the words that they don't sound natural. Mm. And I think that happens a lot on this album in particular. And, you know, like that's not something that I mean, they're going from a British accent to an American accent. That's fucking hard. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do a British accent and succeed. We know that. Um, you really couldn't. We know that. You don't think you'd be able to pull that off, love. Neither can you. Um. I know. But that doesn't stop. But that's me what from I'm trying. saying. Like it's, but it's much harder to go from I think from British to American because Americans have such a unique way of talking. Yeah, like I couldn't even do. I wouldn't know where to start to do an American accent. Me neither. Americans and are... especially Valley. Like she's very oh Valley God. girl. So all of the words are just very weird. Um, a very. LA. Yeah, and that's why that's not even like an actor thing at all. That's just that's just technical, man. That's hard. That's just how it's hard. So I don't like the sound of the over enunciation stuff. Um, but that's no one at fault there. That's just how it is. Our last question is: What is your favorite song in the show? Um, well, since we've determined that I'm an Emmett chip on my shoulder, <laughs> um, mm, yes, it's an anthem, and I love it, and it just. I find something new every time I listen to it, which sounds so cheesy, but mm. is true. Um, but mm-hmm. Whipped Into Shape is number one on my workout playlist because I hate <laughs> exercising so much. So I put that on and I just imagine that dance scene and I do my workout and I always feel badass for like three minutes and then I'm covered in sweat and it's awful again. But do you know the choreography to that? I tried to actually. Ooh. I learned it from the MTV video. Wait, this no, it's a I- joke because the lyrics are the choreography. Oh, circle, see, I tried circle, to actually under, learn over, through, around again. I actually tried to learn the Jerry Mitchell choreography from the video, and that was back when I was dancing a lot. So I actually, I actually did know the choreography. Couldn't do it now. What's your favorite song in Legally Blonde, the <gasps> musical? Ooh, okay. Mine is also Chip on Chip on My Shoulder and Find My Way. I think it's the sweetest song in the show and it gets so overlooked. I love um I love the moment between Elle and Warner 
And when she says, um, look how far I've come without anyone holding my hand. Mm, I also really do like the way that relationship ends in the musical mm-hmm. compared to the film where the film is just like the whole bit where she's like, I'm going to need someone who's not such a blah, blah, blah. Um, I like that such she actually bonehead. turns him down in such like a polite way. Yeah, it's very graceful, but mm. also he is a bonehead and someone should say He's it. He's such a dick. He's awful. I hate him. He's everything what's wrong with men. I love anyway. also the lyric in the Warner quits and he makes more modeling anyhow. So he became a fucking model. He became a you know model. What? Good for him. Good for him. Because he became if, a model if, and she was the lawyer. I love it. It's brilliant. If all you have going for you is your looks, then modeling is the right career choice. <laughs> Warner didn't have anything else going for him. No, he didn't. Because Elle got into law school on her own and Warner's daddy had to get him a spot. So mm-hmm. what? Like it's hard? What? Like it's hard? <laughs> anyway. I'm glad you brought up Find My Way because my high school yearbook quote was actually the Shakespeare quote that mm. Vivian says before Elle does her big speech. Yes. Um, and I love that we get that sweet moment between Elle and Vivian because like the way Vivian's painted in the show, like mm. she would have been gunning for valedictorian. She would have slit a throat to get there. Totally. But there she is presenting it to Elle and then they're best friends. And I love it. Yeah, I love, love that in the film they also say, like, they are best friends now. I yeah. just think it's so cute. I love that. And I love that they had that big moment where Elle has her, you know what? Screw him. I'm freaking good at this. I'm yeah. glad she has that moment with Vivian instead mm. of, like, with the law teacher in the movie. Like, it was cute, but, like, it's so much more powerful when it comes from, yes, you know, her peers lifting mm. her up instead of like a teacher. Well, that's a wrap, or should I say a snap on our Legally Blonde the Musical Show History episode. If you made it to the end of this episode, there's just one more thing to say. Courtney, Courtney take, take your, your break. break. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Joss. Together we are Breaking, breaking the, the curtain. curtain. Remember, friends, being true to yourself never goes out of style. See you later, my friends. Happy International Women's Month. Woo woo!